I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Millennials Podcast. <laughs> I'm Smith, as always, here, joined by... I'm Seth. And we are introducing, uh, uh, for the second time around, uh, our good friend, uh, Marcus. Welcome, the voice making you moist again. Oh my <laughs> god. Yes. Yeah, I think that's my tagline now. <laughs> that is your tagline. God, I, I wish that was it. my tagline. I, I did. wish you wouldn't. Um... So, Marcus, we're, we're adding you as our third chair to the podcast. Nice. We're expanding our, our, our operations. Enter, the uh, insert the anime, you know, noise effect here. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. If I knew how to insert uh, voice sounds, I would do that, but I do not. Oh, okay. Unfortunately. I'm trying to figure it out, but I'm just, I'm pretty lazy. I got you. Uh, Understandable. So, Gil, I just want to describe to you real quick an event that took place about, oh, 20 minutes ago that I think you'd find interesting. Okay. I was uh, going to build a fire in our fireplace here. Yes. And there was a lot of ash in there, so I was going to dump it out and, uh, and and clean the place out a bit. And uh, our cat, we have two cats. One's an outside-ish cat. The other one's an only inside cat. And the outside-ish one is, is standing there at the door looking. And I open the door up like I'm just a big dumb moron. And there's a cat sitting on the the uh, doorstep there. And he has got his back to me, and he freaks the fuck out and runs away. And then I see another cat uh, down at the end of the patio. Just this, just, just this gray cat with this giant fucking cranium on him. I mean, I'm not sure mm. how he stands up straight with a head this big. Yeah. And these two cats are just fucking yowling their heads off at each other. And it's just these two tomcats that are in a contest around here. And... I don't know what to do because now I have two cats in front of me and they're just like, they will not shut the fuck up. And our cat didn't go outside. She comes back inside. And eventually I just had to like, I just threw a fucking shovel at them and they ran away. Wow. That's, I don't know if that's the most appropriate response. No, no. It was like a trowel or whatever. You should have, you should have taken the Godzilla approach and let them fight. Come on. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to fight or not, but they would not shut up. But, uh, so yeah, that's just it's good old country living right there, y'all. See all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, nice. it's crazy. I have a I have an interesting story to tell you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so today I finally decided to uh, follow the laws and register my vehicle in the state of North Carolina. Okay. Ooh. And I want you guys to take a wild guess how much that cost me. Three hundred and seventy-two dollars. What's your guess, Marcus? Um, four hundred dollars. Five hundred and thirty dollars. Oh my god! Yeah, That's always gonna cost me to register my stupid ass car in the state. What the fuck, man? Why is it that much? I have no idea. The lady was like, she's like, okay, do you have these documents? This document, like, yep, yep, yep. And then she was like, okay, cool. Here's your plate. Here's your tag. Five hundred thirty dollars. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Plus five dollars for the notary. We had to pay that cash. <laughs> so like, you know what? And, oh my god, that's so. But fun. yeah, I was like, how is this? How is this even legal? Like, how, some people can't just. People must not have that kind of money. So I I barely had it. I'm in financial destitute now, um, <laughs> because of my stupid ass car. So I don't know how some people could even deal with a a, a price tag like that. Alright guys, now this is the reason why y'all brought me on the podcast, okay? Yes. Okay. Because not only do I have a cat story, I also registered my car wow. from Pennsylvania to Georgia. Wow. So, so, 
it also cost me about 500 and something something dollars. Yeah. But the reasoning the lady told me was that one of my documents that was necessary for the process had a time limit of 30 days. And days after that, they add money. Wow. And I love how she didn't tell you anything about that and was just like, yeah, it cost this much. So, step one, that's fucked. Because when I first got here, it was like 400 and something. And I was like, okay, let me like work a little bit and then I can get that. Not even telling me that it was a, a late fee that was going to go up the longer it took me. That's fucked up. They, they basically tricked you. That's, that's fucking entrapment. Basically. Yes, that's entrapment. Basically. We put don't trust the, your government, everybody. We put the don't government do it. in jail. <laughs> or at least, or at least they can give us our money back. That's good too. I'd, I'd take but that. But they won't do that no, either. No, so. No possible way. And this is an excellent transition into my cat story. Oh, Not boy. really. <laughs> well, I had a cat named Millie. She's a. I don't know. She she liked to go inside and outside, kill like a rabbit, bring me its head, which is kind of badass. I miss that. Um, but one day, Millie fought, well, came across another cat. It was white and orange, the other cat. My cat was gray. And so I see Millie. I'm like, oh, snap. Millie's about to, about to beat this cat's butt. Little did I know, Millie was an old girl at the time, and she was not about that. So I see my cat getting her butt whooped. I'm just like, no, no, not like this. <laughs> I open the door, I run out there, I'm just like, Mah! scare the other cat off. Wow. And my cat just looked at me and was just like, thank you, human. <laughs> you are the greatest. I needed you, Marcus. You you were there. Oh, it's true. Ever since then, me and Millie bonded like, like butt cheeks. That's wow. not a good okay. analogy. <laughs> Bond is like butt cheeks. It really is what Marcus brings to the podcast. It's it is. a different flavor that we haven't had before. It's interesting oh, because yeah. gratitude is such an unusual emotion to see from a cat. I know, right? Yeah. It's usually more like 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 they disdain. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, I could have handled that by myself, but I guess thanks, buddy. You're right. Oh, it was, it was yeah. amazing. Oh my god. Well, you know what? Speaking of humans defending animals, oh. we have a pretty great story this week. Oh boy, I can't hey, wait. I'm ready to hear it. It comes fr- to us from BuzzFeed, and it involves oh. a, a, a story that every, a, a, an organization everyone is pretty familiar with, I think, called the WWF. Oh, the World Wrestling Federation, right? No, Incorrect, don't, sir. Don't say that oh, yet. Oh. I, have a, I have a WWF joke coming up. Shut up. Oh, this is this is the World Wildlife Foundation. If you remember, they uh, they sued the WWF back in the uh, 2000s, I believe, to get the WWF trademarks for themselves. Yes. Wow. Well, as we all know, the WWF uh, uh, provides protection for for animals in uh, uh, endangered species, especially uh, in Africa, particularly. And it came out today. They there's been an investigation into their uh, their efforts. And there have been Uh-oh. some unethical practices happening amongst the people the WWF funds. It can't be that bad, though, right? Oh, no. No, of course not. Take the tries on for size. Uh, villagers have been whipped with belts, attacked with machetes, beaten unconscious with bamboo sticks, sexually assaulted, <coughs> shot, and murdered by WWF-supported anti-poaching units. Okay, okay. Now, why would John Cena do all that? Because <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't could even see him coming. <laughs> I know you shouldn't laugh at it, but can you imagine in the middle of the night in your village, you suddenly hear that fucking theme song start playing? And it's, it's a bunch of black clad fucking yeah. mercenaries roll in and start murdering. And it's playing through like a bad cell phone speaker. Like, you can't, it's not even like a good recording. It was like a bunch of static and crackling. It's, it's a fucking MIDI version they found yeah. somewhere. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> um, Alright, hold on. It continues. Right. Wait. Oh, oh my no. God. There's more. 
The charity's field staff in Asia and Africa have organized anti-poaching missions with notoriously, which notoriously vicious shock troops, and signed off on a proposal to kill trespassers penned by a park director who presided over the killings of dozens of people. How many positive stories include the the phrase "shock troops"? <laughs> Not many. I just want to know. WWF has provided paramilitary forces with salaries, training, and supplies, including knives, night vision binoculars, riot gear, and batons, and funded raids on villages. In one African country, it embroiled itself in a botched arms deal to buy assault rifles from a brutal army that has paraded the streets with severed heads of alleged criminals. Okay. This is this is the organization with the panda for their logo. I mean, clearly they need to give that panda an assault rifle yeah. and uh, you know, be more accurate about what their association does. Clearly, we made the wrong call on who should have got the WWF trademark. <laughs> uh-huh. oh, as yeah. bad as you might not like Vincent Man as a guy, but he never did any of this shit. <laughs> As far as we know, he, obviously. He probably has not destroyed small African villages, I don't think. Yeah, he's just a man who likes wrestling. <laughs> who can't get uh, it says it, it, it says here, The charity is operated like a global spy master, organizing, financing, and running dangerous and secretive networks of informants motivated by, quote, fear and revenge, including within indigenous communities, to provide park officials with intelligence, all while publicly denying work with informants. Wow. It's almost like... Ooh, it, wouldn't this be so... Wouldn't this be like the coolest thing in the world if it wasn't so tragic? Yeah, it really would. <laughs> if they weren't evil, yeah, sure, it'd be great. Yeah. Like, what if they were doing this for, like, good things? This is like Kiss My Ass, Captain Planet. We, we pull assault rifles from fucking <laughs> Gorilla Rebels. Yeah. See, now what I want to see is the 007 movie where he has to infiltrate the WWF. Yeah, he has to take him down. <laughs> Come on, people. Yeah. Get get right in. He, got, he also, put, puts you... on, like, a rhino costume to get in good with them. <laughs> <laughs> There's only, like, six rhinos left, right? I mean... I mean... I have not seen one lately. So, I thought they went extinct once already. The North Carolina rhino is not abundant. It, it is not <laughs> running around like it used to. I'll say that much. Because um, here's the thing, right? All right, I, I want to protect the wildlife. I really do. I've been sitting here watching Planet Earth 2 at night and weeping. As I say, right? just I'm completely bawling. Yes. I've been crying <laughs> when I see bad things happen to animals. And at the end of every episode, Richard Attenborough reminds me the world's going to cook in my lifetime. I start crying. I can't control oh, myself. <laughs> so I want to put the animals, okay? But it, could, can six rhinos really rebuild the species from, from six rhinos? I mean, they did, uh, what is it, repopulate like an extinct tortoise just with one male tortoise. So there's hope. I would say just take some DNA and in the future we could Jurassic Park those sons of bitches and bring them back. And it will be better than Jurassic Park because rhinos never... Killed, I guess they killed some people, actually, never mind. Yeah, they definitely gore people. You see them horns? I was building up to a, a, a big statement, but I can't say it anymore. I'm pretty sure rhinos have killed people. <laughs> what were you going to say? That rhinos never killed anybody. Oh. <laughs> Lies. We fact-checked it. That was a lie. However, I yeah. bet they've never killed an innocent person. That is true. If you got killed by rhino, you had it coming. You probably did something wrong. <laughs> Oh, let me go ahead and say, the, the Lingos podcast believes that poachers should be killed. Most definitely. Yeah, of course. Just not like this. <laughs> I do love the idea that we can just say the Lingos podcast does it, and now we're imposing our will on markets. Oh, yeah, we're a part of the WWF now. Um, we have a position and we maintain it. Yeah. Sponsored. Y'all, y'all want to guess what an assault rifle uh, costs over there? Over, over um, where? In Africa. About 30 bucks? Yeah, maybe it less. Says, it says right here, 266,666 African francs, which is about $615. Okay. Ah, oh, dang. They need to like, do a closer. number crunch on their currency. <laughs> That's a big number. It's like when, when World of Warcraft had to do the fucking the squish on the stats because the numbers were too high. They are hitting the, the 32-bit integer limit or whatever. Just oh, yeah. squish that number down. Just cut, like... 
I don't know, four digits off of it, you fine. And I didn't know Africa had francs. I thought they had like euros. Now, why would French? Say, why would Africa have euros? I don't know. Why that's, do they have francs? Uh, usually, a European thing, I'd say, is euros. Well, it's the franc is a, le- a legacy of French colonization in the area. Yeah, I know that much. Okay. I'm an idiot, right. but I do know that. All right. So um, they still use they still use their version of francs, I guess. Okay. All right. So, gotta, so don't fuck with the WWF, basically. Yeah, don't. I've got a funny story. Oh boy. So. What was it Friday or Saturday? I guess it was Saturday. I was watching a uh, I was watching a basketball game. It was the uh, Portland Trailblazers versus the Toronto Raptors, and it was it was in Toronto. Um, I'm watching it, you know, opening in the first quarter, doing their thing, and then the, one of the announcers just says, uh, "Recent signing of the Portland Trailblazers in his canter couldn't be at this game because he has an international arrest warrant." The, Canada is honoring from Tur- from his home country of Turkey because of his- because he speaks out against their uh, leadership a lot here in America. Holy shit! Like, he just dropped it as if it was just something you just say. Like, oh yeah, he couldn't be in this game because he's being hunted down by you know some imperialists. You know something. You know nothing normal. Um, but yeah, and it's actually a pretty crazy story. This guy, um, Ennis Cantor, he's been in he's been in the NBA for I don't know like five or six years now. And ever since he came to America, he's been speaking out against the uh, Turkish government. I don't actually know specifics. I don't know much about Turkey, but basically he doesn't like their current leadership. I can't remember the guy's name. Erdogan. Yes. And he's, like, super against this guy, and he hates him. And he talks about it all the time. And because of that, um, every member of his family back in Turkey has been fired from their jobs in the past two years. Um, and they're basically in exile. They can't, they, they're not allowed, they're excommunicated from the country and he isn't allowed to talk to them either. If he, if, if like he said in an interview once that if he were to send his mom a text that says hello, she would probably be murdered the next day. Holy shit. Yeah. Damn. And yeah. And it's a, it's an insane scenario and it's so weird that we've gotten to the point where it's just like, oh yeah, he can't be in this place because of this. Luckily America isn't honoring this arrest warrant. But apparently Canada is. Um, That's like severely fucked up that, that Canada, who everyone considers to be like little America, is like, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll just do this. They might have some kind of like different diplomatic relationship with Turkey where they have to honor this kind of stuff. I don't know the relationship between Turkey and Canada. But yeah, it was just a crazy thing for me to hear while I'm watching basketball that this guy just... I mean, I've known about this for a while that he's been he's been so vocal about stuff. But yeah, the fact that they're just like, oh yeah, he can't be here because if he does, he'll just get murdered and killed. Um, oh, I'm arrested and killed, murdered and killed the same thing. But yeah, it's uh, he's he's in a, he's in a pretty fucked up scenario. It's just I read that interview about like what happens if his family contacts him or if he contacts them. I'm just like, man, Turkey is fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I messed it up. Their present name is Erdogan. Okay. And if you'll remember, earlier he came to America like two years ago, and a bunch of Turkish like pro- or Turkish American protesters showed up to protest his brutality. And his fucking police is like ours. Beat the shit out of them in the middle of the street. Just rolled over them and suffered no consequences. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what he's known for. Um, and it's actually interesting now because there was this, there's this uh, uh, guy who was in the NBA uh, in the mid two thousands, and he is now uh, a press secretary for Erdo whatever, however you say it, Erdogan or whatever. Yeah. Um. So now there's like a, a weird NBA fueled feud uh, between Ennis Cantor and the entire country of Turkey. Holy shit, dude! Um, but yeah, basically he he's ne- there's basically no way he's ever gonna get get to go back to his home country or talk to his family ever again. So dude, that's that's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's a severely fucked up scenario, and well, like I said, I we've mean, gotten to the point where we're just talking about it like it's normal. Yeah, I see why he doesn't like him though. Like, shit. yeah, I mean. <laughs> You know, normally you think if somebody, like, criticizes you that much, you would want to prove maybe you're not bad. But, you know, once yeah. you go that far, I guess. That, that guy tripled down. Yeah. It's like, it's, 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 people always talk about Donald Trump and his disturbing trend of approving of, of like, third world dictators like Erdogan and Duterte, sorry, from the Philippines. And then recently we saw Kim Jong-un. Remember what happened there when he said that Kim Jong-un was like a good guy and didn't know about that kid that died in the prison camp or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the kid's family is like fucking mad about it. 
Yeah. And it's like, uh, I mean, I hesitate to call Donald Trump a dictator. I think, I think, I think that's giving him too much credit. Although dictators in history have not necessarily been great at being dictators. But like, dude, definitely has an idea. Like, he idealizes uh, authoritarians for sure. Yeah, he definitely has a bit of a crush on a lot of these guys. I'll say that. Which is kind of fucked up. Kind of don't want the president to yeah. to be uh, uh to be uh loving these authoritarian guys. Although I guess America has been loving the fucking Saudis forever. They have a goddamn literal king. Yeah. The weirdest thing about Trump is that Netflix made a show called Russian Doll, and it's not even about him. <laughs> I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to take the podcast with me. That's the craziest thing about all this stuff we're talking about. Oh my god, Seth. That that joke was inhuman. (laughs) I don't get it. Uh, Yeah, of course. Now this time you don't don't get it. (laughs) You fell into my trap. Yes, your trap. Your expertly laid trap. Your words, not mine. (laughs) So... We're, I think we, we kind of are a bit on a, a freedom of speech issue right now, right? Since he's been, since uh, um, Cantor, if he, if, he went, if he went to Canada, he'd be deported, right? Or be extradited to, yes. to Turkey. And that is definitely freedom of speech, since he hasn't done any crimes, technically, right? He's just spoken out against the government. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about a freedom of speech issue. All right. Steam, as we all know, we all know Steam. We probably all have used Steam in the past. To, yeah, so you used to power our engines, and now it's just kind of uh, it yeah. is places. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about more modern Steam event by Gabe Newell to distribute his popular game Half-Life 2, and then became a platform for other games. Yeah, it's like Half-Life with me, 3. With me on this? We're, we're here. Yeah. We're here. Yeah. Well, oh, when's that coming out? Oh, man. Uh, so Steam is about... So as you probably guys have heard, Steam's taking a hands-off approach to stuff on the platform, which basically yes. just means whatever garbage you want to put on there, they don't give a shit. They have a very few rules, but they have decided to embrace freedom of speech and let the market figure it out. Yeah, they've decided that um, they don't want to do any work. So just Exactly. Kind of be cool, guys. That's kind of their whole thing. <laughs> Just be chill. Don't make us work. Don't make us work. Do any work around here. Um, and we all know how markets are so good at, at distributing resources, of course. Yeah. Uh, so okay. now their hands-off approach is about to be tested because there is a game coming to the platform, which is entirely about raping women. Oh. So people listening, trigger warning. This is going to be mentioning rape a lot. I'm sorry for that. I'd prefer not to talk about it, but this is what I've been reduced to. Because of Steam. The game is literally called Rape Day. <laughs> this just sounds... This already is sounding very lazy. Oh, God, no. It is a visual novel about a sociopath who can violate women during a zombie apocalypse. Uh, so I'm going to read this uh, from uh, from Polygon. This is an article by Patricia Hernandez. <laughs> Uh, so, sorry, the game, which is not out yet, is marked as an adult-only title, which means that you can't see it unless you're logged into Steam and have opted to see games of that nature in your feed. The game's description, which lists evil choices as a feature, says it will let you let, will let players verbally harass, kill, and rape women as you choose to progress the story. Rape Day boasts that it has over 7,000 words, though judging from writing on the screenshots, it appears to be an amateur creation. Wait. Players will be able to re- go ahead. Seven thousand what? Words. Words. Who? What video game brag about how many words it has? Well, they they <laughs> write in the past that Mass Effect has this many lines of dialogue, or like, or Dragon Age does. But <laughs> yeah, it's normally like it's normally like oh, we have a fifteen hundred page script. Not we have seven hundred or seven thousand total words. Yeah, it was like oh, we have we we have fifteen. A thousand spoken words of dialogue in this part alone. Oh, yeah. I got 7,000 words over here in Rape Day. Yeah. Total <laughs> words. Uh, and so I'm looking at and this. And none of those words will be rape or day. <laughs> I'm looking at this screenshot, y'all, and it is bad. It is like, there's nothing explicit, but like, it's just a, a woman holding a gun to the back of what I can only describe as the ghost of the guy from Hitman. Because he's just pale oh, as fuck. Like Agent 47? Yes. His name is Boss, apparently, and here's a direct quote from the game. Oh, boy. She's goddamn fat as fuck. Yeah, she's goddamn comma fat right, as fuck. Right, yeah. 
So it makes no sense. sense. There are 7,000 words, but they're not very good at writing. <laughs> There's six of our 7,000 words. Hope you enjoy them. Nice. Uh, oh. It says right here, Valve did not immediately respond to a request for comment, but the game, but on the game's website, developer seems aware of it that its creation is controversial. Quote. Oh, really? You can't, and this is a direct quote now, so the spelling mistakes and all, or mistake gram, 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 grammarial? Grammarial mistakes <laughs> and all. Quote, you can't reasonable consider banning rape in fiction without banning murder and torture. Most people can separate fiction from reality pretty well, and those that can't shouldn't be playing video games. Okay, guys, we, we've, this is the episode we're doing, because I just discovered something incredible. Oh my god. I went to an incognito tab in Google Chrome and opened up <laughs> the Rape Day website. Oh no. And let me tell you, first of all, it is all black background with red text. Oh no. The, the top of it says Rape Day coming soon, currently being reviewed by Valve. They mentioned that several times in a very short paragraph that it's being reviewed. But then they do a QA with the author. Oh god. First question. Games like this should be illegal. Not a question. Um, and this is their answer. If we ever come to the scientific conclusion that committing crimes in video games significantly increases the chances of committing crimes in real life, then at that point, we as a society will have to decide if we want to ban committing some or all crimes in fiction. But you can't reasonable, you can't reasonable consider banning rape in fiction without banning murder and torture. Murder has been normalized in fiction, while rape has not yet been normalized. At some point in the future, game historians will look back on visual novels such as Rape Day as game historians look back on games such as Grand Theft Auto now or even the first time nudity was shown on television. Moral outrage does not stop the entertainment industry. It slows it down, but in time, society progresses and realizes that purely fictional things they thought would cause moral decay and widespread lawlessness, in fact, do not. What's a more taboo subject in fiction than rape? Yeah, I, I'm just... Also, well, quick, another aside, this guy loves commas. Oh, yeah. They, <laughs> they never apply. But he almost never uses it correctly, but he loves these commas. I just, like, I see, mo- I see movies and TV shows and shit that have murder all day. Whatever. Murder, torture, sure. Yeah. But rape is a subject that, even when done poorly, is broached very rarely. Yes, okay. Um, another question. What is the underlying theme of Rape Day? Oh my god. Please, <laughs> I need to know this. Ultimately, <laughs> the theme is that meaning is dependent entirely on subjective value systems, and in the end, we all die, and life is really pretty pointless. Except the points that you get to choose to give it, which are themselves completely arbitrary, none greater than the other. This man can't speak! I'm, I'm guessing English is not his first No, language. it can't be. So, so this, is, this is just nihilism the game, basically? I don't, Didn't I, he already do this? It was way better? It was called fucking, uh... Oh, shit. Why can't I remember the name of the game now? Uh... Marcus, help me out. So many years... Was it the one where you just kind of, like, shoot people and... No, that's hatred. The one where you're in Dubai and it's military and uh and you fight and you're the, you're the bad guys all along. What the shit is that game named? Um, Dubai. Okay. Oh my god. Guys, this doesn't matter. I just got to the last question in the Q and A. I'm so excited. Oh boy. And it has just blown me away. First of all, the question is incredible. What is up with the baby killing scene? Oh my god. Answer. And guys, I just hope you are ready for this answer. That scene has been removed. I'm sorry to anyone whom this scene existence caused distress. I'm learning to find my artistic balance between producing the games I love and not causing avalanches of outrage. Wow. <laughs> Make a game called Rape Day. Remove the baby murder, because that's just too yeah, much. He is keeping in all of the rape, all of the days, because but, cause there's no avalanche of outrage for that. No. Oh. This has this has to be the most amazing thing I've ever read in my life. Baby killing is one step over the fucking line. I am learning yeah, to find my artistic balance in producing the games I love and not causing avalanches of outrage. 
Holy shit. This... I just want to know what falls into the gap between rape and baby killer that is acceptable yeah. in, our, in art. I feel like it's more, way more appropriate to show a baby being killed than a rape. <laughs> but maybe that's just me. I mean, both of them are pretty fucking rough, I gotta admit. Yeah. That's a specialized audience for both of those things. Yeah, that's the thing, I don't even know if... I mean, even if this game does get released, I mean... The people who like people out there who actually want to play this game, they're not gonna be changed if they don't get to play it. No. Yeah. You know? And let's also just real quick ask ourselves: Is the audience of people who are there to play Rape Day, are they really deserving of life and oxygen? Oh, I mean, of course not. But we can't. Should we they can't not be really... taken out of the street and shot like dogs? Exactly. I mean... that, that's true. But we can't really do that one on our own just yet. That's true. We... Probably I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm not trying to judge anybody here, but if you're sitting there on pins and needles waiting for the release of Rape Day, <laughs> the gene pool will be better without you. And in fact, just the just the collective unconscious of humanity will be better if you were removed from it. Yeah, that's very. Do you ever think about? Do you ever think about the end of the 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 uh, in the end of Evangelion to talk about anime for a second? Oh yeah, yeah. You know what happens at the end of Evangelion? Do you remember? I've, there's like three different ending of Evangelion, but I think I know which one you're talking about, yes. The one where the entire, hum, all of humans merge into one huge yes. planet mind? Yes. Can you imagine if that happened, like we all dissolve into orange goop and we merge into one giant planet mind, and you gotta share brain space with the guy who made Rape Day? Yeah. I mean, hopefully there's a lot of brain space in between your goo and that goo. But his thoughts are now your thoughts, and you're intermingled. That's that's hell. That's what that's what hell is right there. <laughs> well, personally, I don't like the whole idea of assimilation anyway. So we're already like in a bad space for me personally. Yeah, yeah. it's rough. Think about all the murderers and rapists and torturers and, and racists and shit to share your your mind with. They pretty Ugh. fucked up. Now, I I don't know. Okay, so, like we're, this whole subject was Steam being, I guess, lax on the content that they distribute. Mm-hmm. So, there's a, another game, I don't know if you've seen or heard of it, but I, I'm pretty sure I sent it to you once before, Smith. Oh, no. Yeah. <sighs> I just, I just need to remember the name, but it's basically... Left for Dead. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I love it already. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Left for Dead. It's you and these four girls. They Uh-oh. all have their own. Already uh, bad. Yep. Not yeah, good. yeah. <clears throat> what I, what I'm saying is, it's a similar scenario, except you're on the girl's side. You want to like kill the zombies, and escape. Uh-huh. The the kicker with this game is that you, the main character, can heal the other girls by having sex with them. Oh, God, there it like, is. On, there the, it is. on the spot, in the middle of the zombie apocalypse. It, it had to happen at some point. Yeah. Um, so, on l- let's, let's take this other game, and let's put it on the scale of, you know, regular Left 4 Dead or Rape Day. Where, where does this game sit? Wait, which game? Rape Day or the one you're describing? No, no right, he's the one I'm the one I'm describing. He's saying Rape Day is the, the end of the spectrum. <laughs> I, I yeah. would say this is less bad than Rape Day. I mean, it is less bad. Is it? Is it? Yeah. I mean, cause it, the thing is, is it consensual? I was about to ask the same question. Okay, y- yes, because they know you're like working with them to heal you, and I guess it's kind of a harem thing, mm-hmm. so they all like you. So yeah, it, it is consensual. Now, I have a second question. Seth, can you guess what it is? No. How anime is this game? Very. So, Very. leading into my third question, what's the age on these girls that we're talking about here? Um, okay, so... Oh, that's a, <laughs> that's bad not a great start. way to start that answer. <laughs> bad beginning! Yeah. You need to take some PR classes, Marcus, because that's a bad move. I haven't... 
I have not played this game. I merely saw a video about it because some dude was like, this game's hilarious. I think Marcus went to the <laughs> R. Kelly school of answering questions. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to answer your question, Seth. Uh, oh uh, my gosh. What I'm... Alright, the answer is that the... The three girls' ages are different. There's the older woman, there's the woman who's your age. It's getting rough. And that's the young one. Oh, no. So. But what was. You said your age. What is your age? Uh, He's like 20 something. Okay. Okay. That's nice. But, okay, do they say they're 20 something and look younger, or are they like. They look 20 something? I think they went that. In depth with their age. Okay. Oh my god. So. And of course, if you read the fucking, if you read, if you read the eight hundred pages of lore first, what you'll understand is that the young one's actually a three thousand year old dragon in the body of a twelve year old. Yeah. So it's totally. So it's cool. all good. Yes. Yeah, their their lore has eight thousand words. So it's legit. <laughs> oh my god! I can't believe this exists. What the fuck is what our civilization deserved to burn? What am I talking about? Um, so this is the thing. This is this is the last paragraph here of this of the story is where it kind of makes this big point. Is there's another kind of game that's classified in the same area where Rape Day is, and it is games that have LGBT themes oh, are also considered awesome. adult only. So you have to log in and specify you want to see adult content to see LGBT stuff. And not all the games that fit in LGBT in, in the, the same category necessarily have any kind of nudity or sex or anything. So they're saying, theme is basically saying through this system that those, oh god, those uh, games, these LGBT games, have the same moral equivalence as Rape Day. And that's fucked up. So this is, you're saying this is only for... Um... LGBT, it's not for just regular sex. Like just nope. Just I shouldn't LGBT say regular stuff. sex, but like the regular stuff, like stuff that's like more popular. Straight, I say. hetero. Yeah, hetero, cis, hetero. That all is fine. That is not adults only. You can get that. You can fucking get Assassin's Creed Odyssey right off the goddamn front page. No big deal there, right? And that's gonna have straight stuff in it all, all the way. Yeah. But if it's LGBT exclusively, then you go into adults only, which is. I mean, what are we saying there? What what Steam says, Steam likes to say that they're not taking a side or Valve taking a side, but they're taking a side with that, right? I mean, I feel like they kind of have to take a side because, okay, so okay, I would just say that a Christian mom would probably be upset by her child viewing or playing. LGB-related things, even if it has no, like, gore, blood. The, the whole concept of, like, homosexuality is, I guess, taboo. So I guess that's why they did it? Right. To cover their ass? But it's just that they're, they're, then they're just catering to the moral majority. Then they're just saying... I mean, oh, they are... conservatives are right. They are a large company, and that's what every large company does. So. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's right, but, you know, Okay. they're playing the game. So the game that Marcus was talking about earlier is called Seed of the Dead. Oh, no. And he sent, he sent us a video of it. And I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, guys. I've okay, been watching this... the video <laughs> instead than listening to you. And i got to say, it looks kind of fun. Oh, God, <laughs> No! <laughs> <laughs> no, because because the the video I sent was a YouTube video. It's it's YouTube safe. There's a dude commentating yeah, yeah. and blurring oh, out. There's a the stuff. huge blur <laughs> over all of the healing scenes. Yeah, all the healing going on. But yeah, oh my god, this healing is insane. All right, okay. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. All of you. All right. Looking at the fucking. Oh my god! I've already clicked. It's bad to begin with. Yeah, this, it starts off bad. This honestly, this game looks better than like Borderlands, kind of. This is a, this is a straight up child. This, <laughs> this is a child. That's a child. Yeah, this is insane. Oh. I think only uh, of the girls, only one of them looks to be of an appropriate age. So it's like yeah. I don't I don't know. This is a yeah, this is kind of messed up. But Seed of the Dead. So if you're interested, listeners, Seed of the Dead on Steam. 
It gets the it's the anti recommendation of Millennials podcast. <laughs> the anti recommendation. Uh, creator of the game, come on the podcast. I have lots of questions. Literally, C U M on the podcast. Yeah, I have um, lots of questions. <laughs> you could not stream this. It will be impossible to stream this. This we can't even like play it as a joke to stream it. Like it's it, you yeah. can't. You could not show this. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you. There is a uh, streaming service that would allow this. Oh, which one is that? Please tell me. Um, frick, I need to remember the name. It's Flex something. Great, Flex something. Anyways, I'm I sorry. Would, I'll... <laughs> I want to note that I did remember the name of the game that I was talking about earlier. It is Spec Ops the Line. That's the line about where things are terrible and oh yeah, spec, basically nihilistic. Spec Ops the Line. It it'll hit you hard. Oh yeah, I heard a lot about That's that. That's a wild ass game. I stopped playing it after the the big thing happened because it would just really fuck me up. So yeah, Ooh. pretty Jeez. fucking rough. It's a good game though. The streaming, very good game. The streaming site is called Flexstorm. That Flexstorm, it already sounds like a place you can stream child pornography. It is an adult streaming site. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So speaking of children, let's talk about uh, okay. for a second. Good. <laughs> so, let's talk about... So I was like, Let's talk about school real quick. Let's talk, in fact, let's talk about school lunches. Oh, okay. So this is a fun little uh, a little uh, thing that's happened here. Is a Rhode Island school district hired a collection agency to get parents to ante up for unpaid lunch balances. So they whose phone is ringing? Not mine. Not mine. Just end, endless vibrations. There was, there was no phone. Okay, then I'm I just losing my mind. I don't even have a phone. So. Never, never had a phone. Anyways. <laughs> sorry about that, everybody. The uh, So the Rhode Island School District has de- decided they are going to turn these parents who cannot pay their kids' lunches over to collections to get that fucking money from them. That is so crazy because school lunches are one thing that I think we should just like even if right or left you should just agree they are they should be free. Like school lunches should be free. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, what's the fucking point? I mean, it's it's food, they're children. What what kind of fucking fucked up society do we live in where kids are going to have to pay for their fucking lunches? Yeah, like school lunches they're not even that great. But if you're gonna force somebody to be in a place for eight hours a day, I think you should be you, the onus of paying for it should be on you. Yeah, it's like yeah. What are our taxes doing? Are these public schools or private schools? This is a public school. This is the Cranston yeah. School District in, in Rhode Island. So they're already funded by the government. They already have these things paid for, and, but they want the money from the parents. No wait, you, you didn't pay for lunch at your school. No, I didn't, because I had free lunch. Because we did. I remember that. We had to pay for our lunches. Yeah, we had to pay for lunch. Oh, I've got reduced, but you, it's still, you still had to pay for it. I mean, everyone was, at some point, either going to pay for it or was poor enough to not have to do it. But, like... You see, well, the funny thing is, my my mother cheated the system. Oh. She, she sent the information of uh, people I'm not going to name... So that I could get free lunch because she didn't want to pay for it. Hey, you know what? The Luna's podcast position is, that's totally fucking cool because lunch should be free. Yeah. It really should. Considering the system just charged me $530 to register my car, the system deserves to be cheated. Yeah. Breach. Again, what are my taxes paying for? Who knows? Uh, I thought they're, they're paying for bombs and, and bullets to kill brown people overseas. Which is why we should, which mm-hmm. is why if we gotta pay taxes, we should get to choose where they go. That's another thing. Exactly. Very true. Exactly how school, much of your taxes goes wet places. It's like that fucking video, uh, what's her name, Cardi B was like ranting about taxes about a year ago or so. And a lot of libertarians yeah. were, were saying, oh, she agrees with us, we shouldn't have to pay taxes. But that's not what she was saying. Yeah. She, she was saying you don't see the result of your taxes. Exactly. That's, and that's actually been a pretty popular opinion among a lot of people lately is that, you know, it just seems like we're we're paying all this money and we don't really get to see any return on it. And it's because, like you said, our military budget is like trillions of dollars and that's an enti- entirely paid for through, through taxes. Um, whereas most people don't really these days see the benefit of having a military. So using their money for the military isn't really beneficial to them. Yeah, it's like, what's the military doing for me recently? 
If you want to keep your military, you can tax the billionaires 90% and pay for it with that. Yeah, and, and there will still be billionaires. <laughs> yeah, and let the rest of us pay for what we want to pay for. Yeah, it's just super fucked up that, that uh, I mean, you would you would think that, like, the most basic services, like school lunches that you paid for, or, like, the roads could be fucking fixed, you know? Or, like, healthcare could be provided for free because you pay taxes and not, you know, we gotta buy another plane that dissolves on contact with water, you know? We gotta fucking... <laughs> Build a fucking yeah. a, a nuclear weapon that'll never get used. It's fucked up, man. Yeah. It is. So, uh, speaking of, of uh, money shit going sideways, remember how Amazon pulled out of the New York City HQ2 idea? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of all the pushback. Yeah. It was beautiful. Exactly. Well, so you remember that they, they had a deal with Seattle already to, to build a big skyscraper in their building? Or their, their, uh-huh. their city? Yeah. Well, it turns out they have also backed out of that project. And this is... Oh. The, the, the chain of events that happened to cause this were incredible. Because the city council was having a housing crisis, right? Uh, this was like two years ago. They are trying to figure out how the fuck are we going to bring down rents? How are we going to house people? Because people are trying to move to Seattle to get jobs. But the rents are too damn high. So you can't live there, right? Yeah. So their idea was we will tax the businesses more and we'll use that money to pay for low-cost, you know, subsidized housing for workers. Well, the tech monopoly that is that is Amazon basically fucking blackmailed them into uh, into pulling out of that 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 they said we were not going to build this skyscraper and bring all these jobs and all this income if you don't nix that tax. And they caved at the last minute on the tax, and now Amazon's pulling out anyways. Wow. Yeah. And I've got I've gotten to the point we talked about it before, but I've really gotten to the point where I don't understand like what <clears throat> these cities are actually gonna be getting out of all that. Like when they give Amazon huge tax breaks and even end up paying for stuff for Amazon, what what do they end up getting out of it? They get all these jobs added to their city that nobody can even like people can't even afford to have the job because they can't live there? Like what do you I don't understand what the what the value that is being provided from like companies like Amazon and Facebook and all that, Google and all that are doing. I can sum it up for you pretty easily. Okay. It's, 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 it's what our entire society runs right now off of neoliberal politics. And what neoliberals believe is people are happiest when the economy is good and business knows how to make the economy good. So we'll do whatever business says and the economy will be good and people will be happy and they'll vote for us. <laughs> And that's their, that's their entire worldview is we'll just trust the expert minds of the free market and they'll figure it out and we'll, we'll reap the benefits. And yeah. it's failed every time. And it lives on the, fall, the flawed premise that for some reason the people who run the market are any smarter than anybody else. And, and, the, and that private individuals that are small in number should get to make these huge decisions for all of us. Yeah. Like, I saw an economist who made a good point a while back. He said, people always talk shit about the Soviets and the centrally planned economy and how it was inefficient and could not respond to the needs of people uh, quickly enough. And there was some merit to that. They, they did not have the, the infrastructure and the systems necessary to, to properly govern, I guess, their entire, the, the entire like, area of the USSR. But if you think about it today, we still have a centrally planned economy because there's like... Eight companies who run everything, yeah. and they make all the decisions, and they're even less effective than the fucking Soviet guys because they're not elected; they're just randos. Yeah, it could honestly be anyone. I mean, anyone who's you know net worth is several billion dollars, or you're some guy who's learned how to lick those people's boots well enough to get a huge salary and tell, "Oh no, things are going great. We'll just do this thing that we've always done. That'll be fine." That's true. And so now Seattle's housing crisis is continuing, and there is no business tax to help pay for it. So, wah, wah. What a time to be alive. Oh, no kidding, man. You know. Marcus, I've been listening. you got anything? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I've, I've been listening pretty heavily to the newest Ariana Grande album, Thank You, Next. Um, and I mean this wholeheartedly. It's an incredible album. Um, one of the best pop albums I've heard in my entire life. It's great. And then 
But the, the crazy thing about the album is that the the lead single from it, uh, Seven Rings, is kind of like a love story for Capital because you know it's about like you know how you can like you know spend money on cool shit if you have as much money as Ariana Grande. I, I can I see where she's coming from. I'd probably make the same song if I was in her situation. Um, <laughs> but it does inadvertently have the wokest lyric I've heard in a long time in it. There's a point in the song where Ariana Grande says, um, whoever said money can't solve all your problems must not have enough money to solve them. And I was like, that is actually surprisingly woke for a song like this. (laughs) Because it's true that, like, money could literally solve all of my problems. Yeah, amen. Every amen. single one of my problems stems from not having <laughs> enough money to solve it. Broken leg, hospital, fix it. Yeah. In debt, not anymore. Need a car, money. Exactly. And, and I think we should specify here that as communists or socialists, whatever you want to call yourself, we're not saying that everyone should get a huge cash payment. You know, and then that the end of it, because that will just be captured by businesses again. Yeah. It's not about it's not about everyone having a bunch of money in the bank. It's about taking that money and investing it in society and changing the way things work to the point where everyone enjoys an upper class lifestyle, yes. regardless of your actual money. It's about making sure that the costs associated with just being alive are taken care of inherently. Yeah. Um, and people people don't people don't understand how rare that actually is. It's like, that's the lifestyle of a rich kid. Oh, yeah. Like, people like me and you had to work every day to survive. We'll never know the peace and security that a rich kid feels. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, like, I've had friends who, like, they didn't even, like, sometimes, like, because when you grow up, like, a lot of these kids who grow up rich, like, the ones who aren't complete assholes, like, who are, like, at least functioning people, they still, like, at some point don't really realize how lucky they even are. It's just, like... At some point, they have to take a look back and be like, damn, you know, if I didn't have this, where would I be? And it's like, it's it's just so different. Like, the, the life of, of a person who's, like, been wealthy from birth um, and a person who hasn't, it's just like you get a completely different worldview where, in, like, you know, people like us, you can see why we would, you know, um, become leftists and why we would, you know, kind of see that a lot of the stuff in society is bullshit because it's all based on capital. If you have the capital, it's not that bad. Yeah, that's true. And it's not about, like, everyone having a million dollars. It's about everyone having the equivalent of that safety net of a million dollars in the bank, where, like Marcus said, if you break your leg, go to the hospital. And it's not going to cost you anything. You're just going to get paid for because, you know, you don't need to pay for it. Like, society can just take care of that for you. And all the money that flows around in, like, just U.S. alone, it can easily do that, but... The people who have it all just don't want to do that for some reason. Yeah, it's like they they hoard it. It's they're like fucking dragons in fucking like fantasy fiction. They're just yeah. hoarding all that money. And the whole thing about it is that they don't understand that they're 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 sealing their own doom because the economy only works if money continues to move from place to place and you and people get paid, mm. services are, are rendered, goods are sold and produced. That's how the economy works. If you stack up money. It doesn't move anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere. And if you're getting compound interest, that's just money in a computer. That's just on paper somewhere. It's not actually buying anything or producing anything. And so the system, as we can see now, is starting to break down because ain't nobody getting paid. Yeah. Mm. Like, here's a good example of this, I think. Um, Do y'all know what Hillbilly Elegy is? No. No. It was a book that a guy wrote at J.D. Vance, a very bad book by a very bad man, mm-hmm. um, about Appalachia and his growing up there and his whole, like, the the hillbillies are just fucked. They're dumb, buck-toothed, and only someone was going to escape and be like me, and the whole place should be salted and burned. Um, that's pretty much the thesis. I'm, I'm, I'm summarizing here. <coughs> um, of course. Well, Netflix recently optioned Hillbilly Elegy to be turned into a movie or a series or some shit, right? Um, they paid him a certain amount of money. Now here's here's the, here's here's where we're gonna get into the, the specifics. Um, in Appalachia right now, in case y'all don't know, they're in the middle of a huge economic crisis. The, the opioid epidemic's hitting them hard. Yeah. There's been constant 
closing down of coal mines and factories and productions are moving out of the area. A lot of folks out of work. They're on drugs. It's fucking bad. So the Appalachian Regional Commission has requested $32 million from the government uh, for regional initiatives to address economic distress. Netflix bought Hillbilly Elegy for $45 million. Such a weird... Uh, first of all, I mean, obviously that's fucked up that, that they did that and that, that money could obviously be much better served in that community, but also such a weird thing to buy. Yeah. So it's like they need $32 million to, to help their people live and he gets $45 million for his bad book. And that money, I mean, they, they could spend that money on the fucking region, right? Instead of giving it to one guy, what's he going to do with it? Yeah. Fucking put it in a vault somewhere and look at it? Yeah, one guy who doesn't even like the region. Exactly. <laughs> it's not going to help it because he wants it to burn anyway. Right, exactly. <laughs> he, he hates all of his family and thinks they're just lost people who will never be saved. And he, he like his whole book is like, here's how uh, uh, you can win Appalachia. You know, here's how Trump did it or whatever. And it's like... It doesn't even give you a true thesis on that. It's just like, I didn't like my family and they didn't like me. And so I'm just better than them. That's why I live in the city now. Uh, so yeah, that's fucking stupid. Hillbillyology sucks and that money can be spent better. Sorry to get off on one of my classic rants, y'all. It's all right. Yeah, we have, we have a classic rant in every episode. <laughs> I was going to ask Marcus, did you, do you have anything for us that you, that you particularly want to talk about? Any, anything in your... Um, well, the only thing that I would want to talk about, because I was kind of curious, I was watching, what was it, last week tonight, and he was talking about automation, uh-huh. and how it's it has the potential for to replace a lot of jobs. Yes. And so, basically what he was saying was that it's it, it's not going to get rid of jobs. It's going to change jobs. So, like, uh, one of his examples was the, uh, the automated teller. When they first came out, people were freaking out. Oh, I'm going to lose my job. This, that, and the other. But it turns out, well, according to the statistics, uh, the statistics he provided... They actually hired more tellers after the automation. So I'm just kind of curious as to how this would apply in our current age, which with the, what is it, automated vehicles, like automated like warehouses, which which would kill one of my jobs. Yeah. And, uh... Well, yeah, I was I was curious where it would go. Yeah, so the, the the premise that I guess John Oliver is running off of there is that stuff doesn't change um, because basically what happens yes when the ATM was made they hired more tellers and you know when that was fucking thirty years ago okay now we're getting to the point where a lot of companies are doing automation and it's a point where you don't even notice anymore like I don't. I don't have to go to a physical bank almost ever um, because of, like, you know, apps and ATMs and all this stuff. I don't actually have to talk to a person at a bank, and it's because when ATMs were first, first came out, they were just a cool little novel thing, and people still wanted so much contact. But a lot of stuff these days is getting more and more automated, especially those warehouse jobs, um, ones that didn't actually require some kind of um, human-to-human interaction in the first place. Um, those jobs are like, like Amazon has some, some of its warehouses are like 90% automated. They have insane systems set up with all this artificial intelligence that gets all the pallets into where they need to go. It's really scary to look at because there's so many jobs that could go to people. So yeah, the, the, the thing is that automation will get to the point where it is going to seriously cut the jobs that we have available in America. And that is a lot to, in my opinion, that is a lot of what hinges on whether we are going to ever be able to transition to an actual, like, communist um, utopia, or we're going to be stuck with capitalism, and eventually 
everyone will die because they'll get to a point where there's no jobs and billionaires can't exploit people anymore. So they will either, they'll probably just fucking leave the planet or just go to a part of the planet that they've carved out for themselves. Um, so yeah, I do think, I mean, I do think it's, it's a, fault, a flawed premise that automation isn't going to kill jobs because it is pretty soon going to kill a lot of really important ones. I have but one thing to say. Yes. Blood. <laughs> like, I, I agree. To, to expand, I guess, I have to on this. Automation is going to change jobs, yes. It's going to, to shift things around to where uh, your job will be dealing with the automated systems. And that will be hot. I'm, I'm doing air quotes. High skill job. So you're going to go to college or go to a training program. That's going to cost you money. That means you got to get debts and loans. You're going to have to pay those back with your job money from your new job. And then when everyone has flooded these markets with a bunch of kids looking to, or adults looking to get into these jobs because they're, they're the new thing, they can then look at that excess labor pool, which is a thing capitalism requires to have, is a, a, a certain amount of workers who are constantly looking for work, either they're unemployed or underemployed. They're going to look at that excess labor pool and say to the workers, we're going to pay you less because if you won't do it, one of them will. And that's going to drive down wages, and it's going to just feed more profits into the companies. We'll pour that more into automation, and to the point where there's just no more jobs for humans to do. And I'm not even kidding you about this next part. I'm going to say they are going to kill us. They are going to build the fucking Terminator. They're going to build the goddamn drones, and they are going to hunt the poor and the middle class and whoever you want to say down in the streets and murder us. Fucking Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, the Koch brothers, whoever, is going to live on top of your bones because they're going to have fully automated communism for themselves and will be dead. Yeah. Well, that got really dark. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of kind of the point we've been making for a long time is that um, automation could be a key to us living in our true communist utopia. Or it could be the key to the just the billionaires living in that utopia and the rest of us um, being skinned alive and probably burned. To specify, yes, automation is is nothing wrong with that. It's the economic system that it is, in play, it is, it is used in that's the problem. Right. If we could automate everyone's jobs out of existence and we all live together in, in perfect fucking utopian harmony because all of our needs are met by machines, that's fine. That's great. But that's not going to happen under, under capitalism. That's not profitable. That doesn't, mm. that doesn't make any money for the guys at the top. Damn, that fucking... Christ, why is that... Ugh. It, it sucks because it's fucking true. Yeah. <laughs> damn it. It's very true. Like truck driving. I wanted a happy ending, damn it. <laughs> there is going to be one, but it requires political struggle. Yep. It's not going to just work uh. itself out. We have, to work, we have to fight for it. And I'm telling you, the only way that happens is blood in the streets. Oh, I agree. Mm. I think that a violent revolution will do us a lot of good. Oh, man. Uh. But I guess uh, uh, I will I will say that um, I, have, I have hope. I think the future is going to get better. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm, not, that... I'm not a pessimist in a lot of cases. I do, I do actually believe there's a way for us to get on the right track for humanity to one, one day be comfortable for everyone. I'm looking I'm looking at things and I'm thinking about it realistically. We're going to have to fucking make some big changes to how we live our lives though. Like oh like the, the right wing they like to shit on the green new deal and and Ocasio-Cortez cuz you heard you remember about the cows? Did you hear about this? The cows? Um, yeah. They they keep the cows? saying cows cuz Ocasio-Cortez in the green new deal it says humans are going to reduce their reliance on beef. By one hundred percent, beef is no longer going to be a food we can have, and so they're like, "She's going to kill all the cows," and it's like, <laughs> "Yeah, we're kind of going to have to, guys." Like, I hope you like chicken because <laughs> it's not environmentally sustainable to eat cows. Damn. I mean, I'm fine with that. I may have just turned my back on everything. I don't know if I can go with a, a Wendy's Dave's Double. I don't, I don't know if I can live in that world. Now, the, now the, the, only, the only problem with cows is that they fart too much. And I hate, that's how it is. Their methane gas they put out 
is a lot. Yeah. And we make a lot of cows. So really, the beef isn't the problem. The problem is the methane gas that they put out through their butts. So there are some proposals on the table for synthetic meat, you know, to grow it in a lab or whatever. Yeah, I actually have heard we're yeah, getting. I'm down for I've, that. I've heard oh, we're getting yeah. pretty good at doing like synthetic beef. So if that happens, then I, I won't turn my back on us anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, people are going to have to be moved out of the rural areas, like where we lived, and I still live. They're going to have to be moved into the cities because there's just no way to justify the resource expenditure of all these cars driving around in rural areas, and the the, the cost of living out here in terms of raw resources is too much. And folks are going to like it, but that's how it's going to be. Yeah, we'll have to change uh, a lot. Um, although, I mean, it's a lot of stuff that, I mean, it's just going to be for the better. Like, it'll, it'll end up making people a little bit healthier. It'll And we'll have to start recycling, which will make fucking everything, you know, green again. Which, or, not again, but it'll make our air fucking cleaner, our fucking water won't be as polluted as it is. So, yeah, it's a bunch of really important stuff. And stuff that Whoa, we hold should. On, Seth. Did you just did you just actually discover a great slogan? What did I say? Make America green again. <laughs> but then I said, but it never was green. <laughs> I mean, it was before the settlers got here and the Devil Cracker Nation showed up. But yeah, I guess that's true. Make, make America green again. Damn, I might have just done it. The Devil Cracker Nation. I. That's a new one for me. It's what we are, man. I can't. I can't deny it. Oh man! If you have any historical context, you should hate America. I'm just saying, like you, oh. you should just hate everything we've done. I mean, yeah, history, history ain't lying. Been pretty fucking bad. You know what? Let's not end it on a downer note. Uh, let's 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 uh let's just go ahead and get and, and get it done and say that uh, communism will win and yes, solidarity with everyone and we're going to struggle for a better future. I agree. Let's do it. Hell yes. Um, Alright, so this has been Lenio's Podcast. I'm Smith. You can find me on Twitter at MCSurf. Um, I'm Seth. I'm on Twitter. Um, now that I have ran out of all money, um, I'm actually using Twitter now. And I am I'm a completely NBA Twitter now. So I am just... <laughs> I am breaking stories. I'm live tweeting games. I'm like... I'm telling you who's, who's making the trades, even though the deadline's been gone. Uh, I'm doing that. So, yeah, on Twitter, at LifeSeth. Check it out. All right. And I'm Marcus. You can find me on Reddit. Uh, you don't, slash Don't say your, your Reddit username. No, no. No? Okay. Are you really sure that when folks dig through the things you've upvoted, the things True. you commented on, that you want them to see what you've been doing? Uh, yeah, that's a great idea. No, I mean terrible idea. Okay, yeah. So yeah, Marcus is alive. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just Marcus. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Marcus, That's you all I am. you did more than just talk on this episode. You also made something for us. Oh, I, I did. <laughs> wow. Yeah, our logo and our banner. Image oh yeah. And... <laughs> wow, I am tripping. Yeah, I'll be. I'll, to be fair, I was with Marcus because you made it sound like he did something for this episode. Yeah, like a yeah. <laughs> That's where my brain was. Yeah. So, but yes, he did make our logo. Um, our theme song was done by Ben Powell, who's also been on the podcast before. Um, he has a podcast called Southern Smackdown, where we talk about wrestling, and they're both from the South. So if you're into that, go check it out. Thank you. All right. And uh, so you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him get under it. Uh, fuck Kevin Durant, Tom Brady, and the movie First Reformed. And never forget the voice that makes you moist. Oh, God. That's, that's not going to become one of our closers. <laughs> you got to workshop this one. Yeah. Uh, we've stopped trying to solve our problems. We're just trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York, that's the Illinois Podcast, baby. We're out. Out. Deuce. <laughs>